Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ClearCast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with Clearance Jobs, and I have a recruiter back on the line, and I'm so excited to hear from him. We have Benjamin Mena. He is a rock star user of clearancejobs.com, cleared recruiter extraordinaire, has tons of nuggets of information. So today I thought, since we are coming up on the holidays, I remember cleared recruiting horror stories where I was, I had deadlines I was trying to meet. And unfortunately, candidate communication is a little bit slow through the holidays. So how do we navigate secret squirrel whispering through the holidays? So recruitment priorities, tips for recruiting as everyone is traveling, spending time with family. That's what we're going to talk about today. Maybe some other headline stories in terms of cleared recruiting and vaccine mandates. So Ben, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, definitely thank you for that introduction. Been a clearance job user for, I think, maybe over a decade now. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> sure. So you, you've you seen us through some of the changes. It's a long-term relationship for you now. It really is. I remember like one time, the even... The, the founder of Clarence Jobs coming down and doing an in-person training like years ago, I think like down in Tampa or something of that nature before I moved up to the DC Metro. But yeah, no, Vina, like it's one of my favorite resources for, uh, you know, cleared recruiting. So love it. Love it. Love Clarence Jobs. So like I said in my intro, secret squirrel whispering through the holidays, it, it seems to be really tough because you're trying to get that response. You're trying to get the billet filled you still have these deadlines that you need to meet and pressure from whether, you know, it's your hiring manager, your PM, your government customer. So do you foresee sort of the same issues in this next holiday season as we're kind of still hanging out in COVID? So what are your thoughts there, Ben? Well, first of all, if you're a uh, recruiting manager listening to this, if your team does take a day or two off, let them recharge. It's definitely needed. But when it comes to, a, you know, the candidate communication fall off. It's a tough one every single holiday. Like I, I feel like half the world shuts down between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, half our government customers, our contracts are like, we need these people now. We need them yesterday. We need the, we needed them, you know, three weeks or actually even three months ago. So uh, yeah, no, there is no slowing down. I think with COVID, it's made people either harder to get a hold of or easier to get a hold of. Of course, in the clear recruiting world, most of you guys know that this is not an eight to five job, you know, you know, especially since a majority of the people that we're dealing with or calling or emailing are sitting in a skiff. So, you know, it, it's a priority to spend some time in the evenings and the weekends actually making those calls, uh, making the communication, even if they don't pick up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's one of those challenges like that I feel like I'm dealing with all the time and I know like the other recruiters are dealing with. So it's just, you know, sure. schedule some time aside, you know, outside of, uh, you know, drinking a glass of wine and spending some time with family and, you know, get a hold of the candidates. There are some probably some cool pre-COVID things that I look forward to doing next year or post-COVID things I look forward to doing next year, some, you know, creative places to go. But at the moment, you know, we're still dealing in a, in a world that's dealing with COVID and, you know, in-person stuff, I, it's far and few between. I think you guys just held your first in-person event 
like what is it two weeks three weeks ago yeah it's still kind of a weird time so when i was recruiting my favorite thing not my favorite thing that's sarcasm but i just loved when you were working on a proposal effort and you have these deadlines that keep getting extended just to maybe, you know, like two days before Christmas, they thought that it would bring you that Christmas present real early. Is that still happening when you are recruiting <laughs> for some of these proposal efforts? And if so, how the heck do you deal with that? Um, so first of all, in the proposal efforts, if it's stuff that if you've already found like the key players for the team and it keeps on getting extended and extended, and of course, like the deadline does become come before Christmas, sure. uh, get a Christmas card or a holiday card out to your people. You know, it's a good 25 cent card and a, you know, you know a stamp on the, on the top of it. You know, a handwritten card has so much to play and has such a long way to go with candidates now. Um, that's kind of been one of my secret sauce over the last year is a lot of handwritten cards. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> you know, just, you know, how many, there's actually a few candidates I even closed just on handwritten cards when I kind of get a hold of them or via email at first. But it's, you know, if you have the candidates already, the biggest thing is try to keep them, you know, but if it's people that you need to magically go find within two days before Christmas, I know I would personally put my head down and work. But if somebody's on vacation, try to get one of your other recruiters to uh, to handle it. Well, and it, it sort of it brings up I used to have sort of this eh, and you're not supposed to do this, the whole bait and switch thing for proposal efforts. But I would have my group of sort of BFF candidates that I could just always tap on when I was in a bind in terms of, you know, did they fit the the billet for the requirements? Did they were they in that location? Did they meet the security clearance requirement? You need to make best friends with some of those candidates that you can lean on in a time of need, I would say. Oh, and, you know, long term, like if you've been in this business for years, like there are plenty of candidates that know you. And especially if your company's continuing to chase the same work, you need to actually have those relationships with everybody in the industry um, where you can actually do that, which is phenomenal. And I know some of the you know, other recruiters out there, you know, a proposal, like one second they're working on a proposal on a, you know, a cybersecurity supporting the Virginia customer. The next thing they're working on, like a proposal for TSSCI people to go to Afghanistan or like somewhere else in the world. So like it is hard to keep the relationships going when the company is chasing, uh, you know, many different avenues. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would recommend to those recruiters, like start getting specialized in a, a subset or a sector within the DOD space where you have those relationships. And, you know, it's not just if you're working at XYZ company or working with your own company, those relationships are going to carry you for the next, easily the next decade in, in the recruiting world. You know, so often I have candidates that I have conversations with and it's just like, oh yeah, let's, you know, how's the kids? How's this? Like, you know, I, last time I spoke to you was, you know, about a year and a half ago, this was going on. Also take really good notes mm -hmm. and utilize your applicant tracking system where you can actually have those conversations. You know, you're probably calling or emailing so many people a day, texting so many people a day. You're not going to remember everything, but a good system can help the, keep the relationships going year after year after year. And you need those, those relationships for sure. the proposals or for whatever work that you're doing. So yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to keeping those candidates, those go-to people, but it's because of the relationship that you have. Absolutely. Well, and utilizing, you mentioned an ATS, you know, utilizing that ATS almost like a sales force or a CRM. These are your customers that you're essentially working with. Candidates are your customers. So you need to keep those detailed notes to, uh, to manage the both, you know, that short-term game, recruiting game where you're trying to fill things fast but also that long-term where you are managing those long-term relationships. So that brings up my next question. We have been discussing here at Clearance Jobs 
recruiters really understanding the need to have a balance between the short-term game. Okay, we're competitive cutthroat people. We're trying to get stuff filled fast so we can keep our government customers happy. But we also need to think about the long-term game. How are we building these candidate pipelines so we can serve our long-term priorities in recruiting? So how do you how do you balance that? Is that something that you think about, Ben? Thinking about the industry and candidates as a long-term is something that uh, I think about all the time. You know, when it comes to candidate pipelines, it's, you know, part of it is like the pipelines that you build yourself. But the thing that always worries me is the pipeline of people getting into the cleared space. I feel like it keeps on getting smaller and smaller and smaller. On top of that, there are many factors, and we'll probably discuss some of those factors of mm-hmm. why I think more and more people are leaving the cleared space than are actually coming into the cleared space. And that's really, you know, we've always, we've talked, you know, about candidate, the amount of candidates out there is a short supply for years. And I, I believe it's going to keep on getting worse and worse. And, you know, this is something as a recruiter, like, I feel like we can try to have good relationships and try to, you know, do the best that we can with, with, with the people that we're dealing with. But when it comes to macro pipeline issues, I think that's something that, you know, the whole industry needs to look at as a whole, not just recruiters, you know, because, you know, there are bigger problems out there. Well, and there are some things that are out of, you know, a recruiter's control, unfortunately. And a lot of those challenges where they intersect is where recruiters find themselves during the holidays and it's not very fun. (laughs) So tell me a few tips or you mentioned secret sauce, handwritten cards. I love that. You have tried to reach out to a candidate through all of these different communication channels. I feel like a lot of recruiters don't remember that people used to send snail mail. So great point. Any other secret sauce tips for recruiting as everyone is traveling, spending that time with family, Maybe not even looking for a job, et cetera. I mean, have a human conversation during this holiday time. And, you know, especially after the last year, you know, sometimes you don't want to get the person talking forever, but have like a real conversation, asking about some real things. I know there's things that we can't technically ask about, but you can also just have a a human to human conversation. And that also really sets you apart. And now when it comes to email, you know, you know, also make sure that whatever you're utilizing for your email system, make sure it has a marketing sequence built into it. You know, how many recruiters out there, you know, shoot one or two emails and then literally, you know, you're looking at so many resumes per day, you're looking at this and that, but, you know, and real quick, I think clearance jobs just actually had an update that kind of does something like this, Yes. but have a, (laughs) not trying to lead into that, (laughs) but it was a conversation I actually just had like two weeks ago with, with clearance jobs because I actually use uh, a few different systems but in, or an applicant tracking system that can actually set up a marketing email sequence that you can also add in text calls and stuff. So that way it's you know, part of it's automated. But those follow-ups, is that sometimes it's that fourth or fifth message to that candidate is where the, you actually get a hold of them. That's true. So you got to automate the process where you can. Automate it where you can so that way you can spend more time on the human touch. Absolutely. That's Yeah, that's perfect. So recruitment automation, having those real conversations, it's still about making that meaningful connection with someone. So let's talk about, let's talk about this year, 2021. All right. And we're, we're leading into next year. We're (laughs) going to talk about some recruiting resolutions you might have been, but thinking about this year, we talked about a shrinking cleared workforce. We have impossible requirements. We have the commercial sector we're competing with. Where they're offering sign-on bonuses, I've heard anywhere from like twenty to thirty k in some instances. <laughs> My God, why didn't I, why am I not a you know a software engineer working remotely? But so we have all of these things that we're working against, and now 
we're going to add in some vaccine mandates. Recently, that deadline was pushed until January, so in 2022. However, I'm interested to know, have you run into candidates that may be leaving the Department of Defense or intelligence community altogether because of these vaccine mandates? Maybe that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Or what you are hearing as you're in the recruiting trenches in terms of those vaccine mandates? I've... I personally have not heard about anybody like really leaving the space due to the vaccine mandates. Um, I know the numbers are out there just based on the data that I've heard about, the data that I've seen. I think one of the things that, you know, is kind of like put people on the fence a little bit is there's that vaccine mandate that looks like it might go through or might not go through for even large uh, commercial companies. So if you're making a jump to just like to another organization just because of that. And mo- many of the companies in the DC Metro that are hiring with those incredible salaries all have over a hundred people in mm-hmm. it too. But so, you know, I think people aren't jumping for that. I actually have had a few conversations with people that um, get, either got the real, you know, religious exemption or tried to get a religious exemption and got denied. So they ended up just getting the vaccine to continue their work. But I personally have not run across anybody that has absolutely left because of a vaccine mandate. Sure. Well, and like you said, going to the commercial sector, those mandates are still in place in certain instances. So wherever wherever you're trying to go, you may run into a few obstacles. And, you know, there are, you know, plenty of companies that aren't going to care or small enough that it's not an issue. But, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to like, why we're, why, why we are losing amazing people in our sector it's really just the so many commercial companies that are paying incredible rates and letting people work like 100 percent remote I, I used to say for years that you know security mm-hmm. clearance in the dc metro is like willy wonka's golden ticket like incredible salaries like guaranteed jobs like it, you know it's out there but then when you have like commercial sectors paying just as or you know actually many times more money than than the clear space so many candidates are like i've talked with are like yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool with giving up my security clearance. Like literally it's a daily basis and somebody's telling me that, oh yeah, I'm good with giving up my security clearance. Like, you know, all the stuff that they did, all the work that they had to do, they're just, all right, cool, I'm done. So mm-hmm. while the vaccine mandate, I think, it, you know, there's, I can easily see like, you know, one to 5% maybe like saying it's an issue or that they're going to leave. You know, I don't think everybody's going to leave the space, mm-hmm. but if one to 5% of the entire cleared workforce, like, <laughs> it's already hurting. It begs the question, because, and again, this is a conversation that we have at Clearance Jobs all the time with some of our customers. Is it is the way to pull in a candidate, is it really about the mission? For a certain generation, Generation Z in particular, I think so, sure. But maybe not for others. For millennials, I think it's it's more important to work remotely. So we see some of those folks not necessarily interested in the national security mission. So I, what... What is it that drives a candidate? Obviously, it's going to you know differ from candidate to candidate, but ultimately, it sounds like it's money and working from home. I, you know, when it comes down to the the end of the day, there is a group of people that will always be committed to a mission, but that mission also needs to come with a a good paying salary. You know, a salary that is competitive mm-hmm. out there in the workforce. When you talk when we talk about Gen Z out there, like you know, very mission driven, I think one of the biggest problems they have is just the gateway into the queer community. You know how many places are out there you know, are, are sponsor are able to sponsor mm-hmm. able to you know put somebody on the bench for a while until they get like whatever clearance that's needed you know secret to tssei i've you know talked to many people outside of the clear, cleared world for years and it's just like hey i'd love to do that but everything requires me to already have a clearance and there's no way for me to get a clearance <laughs> so 
you know, that's kind of goes into like the macro issues of, you know, the candidate pipelines that we're going to be dealing with, like, you know, the next generation of clear professionals have major barriers to entry. And, you know, we'd have to, you know, as an industry and not just recruiters, figure out how to solve those issues. Oh, long list of issues. So <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about our bright future in 2022 for cleared recruiting. What are some recruiting resolutions you may have or goals for 2022 that you could share with us today? So some of the goals that we have um, as a company are definitely you know, revenue driven. Looking at, you know, I always, we always say like uh, a submittal a day. We, like, we kind of as a joke, like a submittal a day keeps poverty at bay, but really like, you know, depending on what you're doing and depending on like the type of position that you're doing, you need to make sure that you're putting in the work to have, you know, at least a submittal a day or X, Y submittals per week. Uh, some of the resolutions that we have is also how many people can we source and put into our recruiting funnels on a daily and a weekly basis? Because you have to put in the work mm-hmm. to go get the, the candidates at the end. You know, it's so easy to think that you have candidates, so easy to, you know, say that you know, the many reasons that you don't have candidates. And yes, it's, you know, many of the positions that we work on are extremely tough. We've got some of those uh, purple, purple squirrel positions right now that are, you know, <laughs> creating a high levels of stress, definitely in this candidate mm-hmm. marketplace. But you have to make sure that you're gauging and measuring what you're doing on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. So that way, you know, that produces the results that you need, your company needs, your team needs. Um, so that's some of the things. Also, I think, uh, you know, coming into 2022 as a whole for the recruiting industry, I think it's, you know, we're also going to see a, a time period this year. I think we're already going through it now where, you know, recruiters, like many companies are going to recognize how important re- their recruiters actually are. And I think that's something, you know, that's as a whole, I think our industry, like we need to, you know, make sure that we're always having continuing education, you know, make sure we're always networking. But, you know, I, I had a company like, call me up asking asking for help and they kind of just joked around. They're like, clear, like finding recruiters in our space is almost as hard as finding a, a TSSCI with a full scope poly software engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, I, you know, more conversations with some of my fellow recruiters out there and just making sure that like, you know, we're taken care of and we're, we're focused on growing together. It's a, it's a small industry. Sure. Well, and so I'll, I'll leave it here, you know, for today's episode. Thank you, Ben, for joining us today here at Cleardcast uh, to talk about some of these. I love venting recruiter sessions. They're 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 fun for me. But one thing that uh, a colleague had asked was, have you ever gotten a gift, you know, when you were recruiting, you know, around the holidays? And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I don't believe I have. I think the only time I actually received a gift was when I was leaving a company and usually it was some bottle of bourbon, Um, but you know, (laughs) invest in your recruiting teams because they are such an important piece. One of the most critical, in my opinion, I'm a little bit biased, but to the national security apparatus, if you don't have recruiters, if you don't have staffers, how are your programs going to be built? How are those people going to be found? It's much more of a dance than folks think. And I think that hiring managers and PMs, they see the value in recruitment and good recruiting teams, but sometimes are a little bit reluctant to invest in those teams. And again, they are so important. <laughs> Somebody else is going to come pick up your recruiters and do a better job taking care of them. And that has a major impact on the rest of your organization. Yeah, we talk about recruiting and retention a lot, but we don't talk about recruiting and retention for the recruiters. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> And it's, you know, 
it's kind of like one of the things, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, if you're a recruiting manager and your team is taking some time off, let them actually unplug. Let them, you know, actually recharge. Burnout is real in the recruit in the you know the DoD and IC recruiting space, and that's why you see so many times, uh, you know, yeah, recruiters move every few years just because mm-hmm. it's you know one, it's not being taken care of by the managers. Sometimes it's you know un unrealistic expectations. I think we all in the space have had our 80, 90 hour work weeks, you know, like in and out and, you know, keeping that up, you know, but it's, if you have a good recruiter and if you have a good recruiting team, absolutely invest in the the tools that they need, invest in them, invest in continuing education, because it's going to be part of the organization that actually takes care of the rest of the company. Well, you heard it, folks. Invest in your recruiters. Be nice to your recruiting teams. Help them be better secret squirrel whispers through the holidays. I know it's a tough time. For more solutions to your recruitment troubles, you can always visit news.clearancejobs.com.